Blog Talk Radio. Actually, finally, Sunday evening, and it is March 28, 2021, finally, because I haven't been on for a while. I'm Tanya Hathaway. I'm your host with Tanya Talks, where your voice is heard and your story is told. Thank you so much for tuning in. It's been a bit of a hiatus for me, and I appreciate all those that are tuning in after that hiatus. We have so much to talk about just so much and uh, it has to do with everybody in this nation it has to do with many others that are not in this nation it has to do with the truth with our Constitution it has to do with what it takes to make us better and live in the quote unquote quote, free world, unquote, and um, and we cannot fool ourselves by the fact but the, that that free world is not so free anymore, is it? It's not so free when we are forced, supposedly, otherwise we can be arrested, to put on a mask to go somewhere that's public or private or private I guess we have to kind of like follow that follow that protocol um, of a private business but public I don't know I respect people that are out there um, that have fears that have respect also for other people that are fearful or immune compromised I I respect the fact that there's a flu. I respect the fact that there are viruses out there that people can get sick from. And and I won't be reckless when it comes to caring about them and myself, my family. I won't be that person. So far, so good people, right? So far, so good. We've done all right with that. It's one of the subjects that we're going to talk about. And Stephen Burke and I are going to talk about that for a little bit. As well, Melissa Hurry, who is an ethics expert. She works with legislation. She's a huge believer in an ethics committee in, in justice reform. And much, much more. She is going to be co-hosting the show with me tonight. Um, so great to have her back on. And, um, and she will be a part of all of these discussions. We're going to update on, um, on the Jones story 
It's Julius Jones, not Justice Jones. Forgive me, because there is a Julius Jones as well. Julius Jones, who is on death row still. However, uh, he did finally, after God knows how many years, um, he was accepted to be heard, have a commutation hearing. Part one has gone through. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about Richard Glossop. Death row, once again. Um, why aren't so many of these people that are supposed to look out for to carry on our constitutional rights, transparency, the people that are put into trusted positions that claim follow through with transparency, with law-abiding constitutional upholding why why aren't they doing it or why are they cherry picking exactly what it is that they will all abide for and buy at the cost literally of lives innocent men and women are far overcharged why is that happening part of that is because it goes up up, up, up. But it trickles from the farthest part, the farthest people, the highest people in oversight positions. That's right. It trickles down because if oversight was doing their job, we would not have innocent people go on death row, be executed, only later to find out, oh, yeah, they were innocent. And still... These people that did this on purpose, not a mistake, are being protected. And right now, that's what we're dealing with in Oklahoma and many other states, counties across our country. And this is why we need to pay attention to what is going on with these house bills these state bills, with these federal bills, that they all trickle down, okay? Now, I'm proud of something right now. I'm proud of something that Oklahoma has done right, but it is quite hypocritical. The Congress has passed, I think it is uh, something like, oh, how many to how many? Uh, anyways, they strongly passed a bill that uh, it was in Newsweek. I saw this article in Newsweek, and it's more than there, that should the Attorney General, who is Mike Hunter, and Mike Hunter has blocked me and, and whatnot, not because of anything scathing, just, just truth, not because of any verbal abuse, just truth, um, He's blocked me as media as well. <laughs> and, um, but if the Attorney General's office deems something to be unconstitutional that is handed down the highest power in the free world, currently that is Biden, then he can say no. All right? So it's going to go to the Senate. We all have a pretty good idea this is going to pass. You know what? I am so fine with that. 
because there is no law, rule, statute, local, countywide, regional, federal, state, whatever it is, that is legal and worthy of citing for any defense or any offense unless it follows our Constitution. Yes, yes, yes. So I completely, wholly agree with this. What I am so afraid of is that the Constitution will get changed. Okay? We already know that that is done. Our, our federal, our United States Constitution um, is one thing, but each state has their own Constitution. And if any of those states, this is written, I'm summarizing it, if any of those states at all put into their own state Constitution something that perverts the United States Constitution, it is deemed as moot. So why does it still remain in Oklahoma? Why is the Bar Association actually named in the Constitution as an arm of the Supreme Court? All right? I'll repeat that because I've said it again. I'm going to continue to repeat certain things so that the new people on here hear that and they question that. Why is that so bad if the Bar Association, for crying out loud, they're, I mean, aren't they great? Aren't they supposed to look out at your interests or interests? They don't, Kali. They don't. They're private. They are private, actually. And what, even when they do look out for you and me, okay, even the times that they do, there are far too many times where they don't and they look after themselves and other people are wounded and lives are lost. We know this. Been doing this for a while. Proofs, plenty, plenty, plenty of uh, proofs to cite. So, so then, why is this happening? When the bar association won't go after what they claim to go after for, right? Everybody is is the judicial committee of ethics, really go after the judges. So far, what I have seen is this corruption growing up to be a high level of state corruption. I don't care what party affiliation you are. They are. I don't care. I hope and believe we can all agree on this. It is not okay. And this is why these egregious things continue to happen. So Oklahoma, they have decided as soon as it passes the Senate, as I believe it will, that they will say no if they think, if they research and it is and, and something from Biden is deemed to be unconstitutional, then they just say no. We're not going to follow the rules. I wish every state would do that. I wish every state would do that. And then we would not have the highest power in the free world, supposedly. We would not have executive orders or anything like that that passes through that infringes upon our civil and humane rights. Okay? But not everybody in every country has that. We are supposed to be afforded to have that. So for the United States of America... That's what we have. Or do we? 
or do we? So we're going to talk a little bit more about that. What I want, though, is since Oklahoma takes such a huge stance on this, and I think most of you know I'm a conservative, but that does not change who I advocate for, because most aren't who I advocate for. I simply believe in following what is true. What is constitutional? So why doesn't Oklahoma take care of their own damn state? Why won't they do it? Come on, we know why. We'll talk more about that. We're going to talk about a state house bill. We're also going to talk to Angie Dent. Angie Dent is out in Ohio, and she is a warrior out there. And she's going to come on, and we're going to talk for a little bit about what's happening there and um, and introduce us all to a, a case regarding George Scatsis, I believe is how you pronounce his last name. And, uh, and uh, we will have a follow-up update on his story. As well, we have Emily Barnes from Ignite Justice. She's going to come on briefly, and she too is going to talk about what is happening uh, with Ignite Justice, as well as the coalition. Um, Emily will be able to give the exact name. It's right in front of me. Um, that's against people abuse. Hey, that's a good thing. It's against people abuse. We are also going to talk about what just took place in Oklahoma City, where a corrections officer was held hostage, and he was held hostage in a jail, and the inmate was shot dead. Um, There's lots of opinions going on about that. But right now, once again, thank you for for calling in, for listening in, for Zooming in, for uh, being on this live stream. And I want to say hi to my mom over in New Hampshire. Thanks for listening, Mom. I love you. Gosh, I don't know if you hear the excitement or nervousness in me because it's so important that, you know, we start this back up. Because, again, I've been away uh, with strength, with motivation, with the continued advocacy and the growth and the power of us to all unite, no matter what, quote, party, unquote, no matter what color, no matter what um, social circles that we are in, we need to continue to be the ones that stand for the truth, the justice, and actually get things done, as we have. It's happened on the show, and uh, we've got to keep doing more because there will be no rest until some of this stuff. Just, um, Marty, before I, start ha- uh, before I introduce Melissa Hurry, I just wanted to check in with you. I missed you, Marty. I know we were in touch a little, but not enough. I know that you have been in Washington, D.C., um, stomping the ground and having some important meetings there. Um, I'll just say thank you uh, for that and what you continue to do. Can you talk a little bit about you, the Whistleblower Summit, and can you please talk about um, your shows also? And this is Marty Oakley, who is the producer of TS Radio Network. Well, we cover a large number of topics. My main focus, of course, is guardianship abuse and the theft of estates and then the oftentimes sudden preemptive death that happens once the estate is bled dry. That's my major focus. 
Um, we have shows on hospice. Believe me, you need to stay away from hospice. This is nothing but a killing machine. They get paid. <laughs> Believe me, they get paid to take you out. And, oh, my goodness, we, we cover on Monday nights a lot of constitutional issues. Thursday night is whistleblowers, and these are people coming out of federal agencies or other areas blowing the whistle on fraud, waste, and abuse and misuse of the system. Oh, goodness, Friday nights, of course, is the guardianship show with um, Cosgave. But that's basically what, what I do. You do a whole lot more than that, but, you know, you, you, you were never one to brag, you know, even though you wear those cute little pajamas. See, Marty and I were uh, roommates with a couple of others in, in, in DC at the Whistleblowers. <laughs> and, and so, you know what, though? What, what happens in that suite stays. You know? yeah. <laughs> we had fun. <laughs> we had fun. I'm surprised we didn't get hauled such- out, out of there. We were laughing so much, but uh, it just, yeah, it, it made it made the whole situation. Um, I'm not much. I don't like being away from home, and especially the older I get, <laughs> and I'm getting old. Oh, I'm home um, yeah. yeah, but it it made it far more tenable to be there, be away from home, uh, just having everybody around, sharing the room. And so many laughs. We did have a good time. And such serious subjects during the whole thing, too. Yes. You know, that it's like, yes. you know, you go there because, you know, of the passion for what you do, what we do. And um, and then, you know, meet great people, have a couple of laughs along the way. But really, yeah. I mean, why are we there? Um, because yeah. of heinous circumstances that are continuing to happen. Yeah. And, you know, the whistleblowers uh, platform has certainly helped. Uh, to right. eliminate some of those, or at least, you know what I mean? So, uh, yes, yes. Sure. So, when it's all said and done, you know, we can feel good about it, but it's exhausting, so we can go crash. And um, hopefully, yep. uh, the room next time is a little bigger. And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, with yeah. all of our luggage, now, right? <laughs> there you go. Like uh, now, this year, yeah, oh, I'm telling you, what a mess. This year, the summit will be online again because of this fake oh. virus thing. And, um, yep. and I think, you know, I don't want to get off on a big tangent about that, although I could. But uh, it, people are waking up to the fact that this is contrived. And the CDC has announced they're not going to collect flu stats this year because all of that's okay. going to be relabeled COVID. And that university right. in California uh, demanded and got 1,500 test results um the kits that they use and retested them it was all influenza b and a uh covid has never been isolated in human or animal what they're calling the genome is what they've scarfed up bits and pieces out of people's system um from colds and uh, the flu and things like that and they said oh we got the genome well if you got the genome you got the virus but they have not identified any isolated any virus but um, well, use your head, started people. Up as it was a strain of the flu, Marty. And you know what? I, yes. everybody and anybody has my sympathies that has passed, whether it's from the flu, whether it's from what has been deemed as a COVID that originally yeah. was a strain of the flu. Um, and, and sure, we need to respect and care. But I just don't like it when somebody was in a car crash uh, yeah. and, and they and had they a result of injuries. COVID. 
and it's COVID. And I mean, that's yeah, not that's an isolated 12, circumstance. That's 12,500 know, 12, in the bank for that being put on the death certificate. Um, yes, it is. And, and, it, and it, it's, recently, it's going to work. Go ahead. Yeah. Recently, they came out with 32 other symptoms that you might have COVID. It was everyday symptoms, a slight headache, uh, fatigue, uh, you know, maybe you had a little nausea here and there, this and that, insomnia, uh, discoloration of the toes. Stop. Um, <laughs> but this went on. It was absolutely the most ridiculous thing, uh, all signs. And then, of course, is mask mouth. And this is where these masks are causing this terrible fungus to grow in the mouth. And dentists are mm-hmm. reporting people are coming in with severely bleeding gums. In some cases, their teeth have started to fall out. And whether, when you put that mask on, you reduce your oxygen by about 40%. You increase the carbon dioxide in the lower lobes of the lung, and you just set yourself up for a heart attack or a stroke. This is mm-hmm. not an accident. This is not an accident. Well, they're suppressing the, the true science. Yeah. Yeah, use your head, people. You're being taken for a ride. I firmly believe that. And if they think they're going to jab me with that vaccine that isn't a vaccine. Oh, and then I got another little piece. It can, it seems the city commissioners or whatever they are out in D.C. are considering having everyone who gets the vaccine wear a green bracelet, which at first just raised oh, the hackles. That. And I thought, well, that's that's great, because that way we can identify the fools among us. And if they've been right. intentionally <laughs> infected with something else, like when you take the flu vaccine, you are being intentionally infected with various mutated strains of flu. Time. Yes, no, no, no. Yeah, if I can't see what's in that syringe, time. don't poke me. Um, they're trying to figure out how to push this off. Use your head, people. But anyway, you've got well, Emily of, on. I mean, there's a, there's motive behind it. This has been in the works for about 20 years. It was patented, yes. um, and you know, and I've had you know, I, I I certainly you know use my own personal page at times to um, say what I think and to share some information. And then I, you know, at times get assassinated because somebody knows somebody who died of COVID. Me too. Yeah, you know, and, 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 they died you know, of something. That strain, but that it, strain of whatever it was yeah. that, that they're calling it. Me too. I know yep. plenty of people who've had it. Um, you know, I'm not saying I don't care well, about it. I don't. I'm they, saying, you, you know, from what we know, what I feel personally, it's a personal decision. Everybody gets to make those decisions. I will honor certain uh, policies um, in, for certain reasons. You know, at this time, and. Um, and, and that's just the way that it is. Um, but well, but when the when the DOD the vaccine upon me, nobody yeah. is. I, I, I mean, I can honestly say that right now. Is there a reason why that would change? Damn, give me a reason. Give me a reason. Yeah. Let me think about it. Oh, oh, think that word. Think for myself. Yeah. Imagine that. And that's what they're trying to take away. Put on the mask. Take off the mask. Um, you can't travel yeah. if this or that. Uh, you can't yep. this. You, I, I mean, you need to have more than one on. Um, you're not going to be allowed here. You're not going to be allowed there. You're, um, <laughs> well, good. I'll go spend my money somewhere else. But here, I have been I want, washing one last my thing hands. to say. Yes, yeah. washing. Yeah, I've got one last thing to say. Right? And then we you need know, to get your, yeah. 
then I want to get your guess on. But the DOD published oh. a report, which I republished, where last year the flu vaccine, and I advise everyone not to take flu vaccines. They are deadly, deadly. Percent of their employees fell sick behind this vaccine. So they dug into it. They found four strains of this lab-engineered SARS virus in there. The fourth one being this bacterial pneumonia from a mutated bacterium that was in the in the shot, and it causes this terrible pneumonia they associate with COVID. And I'm telling you, when I published it, the the trolls and the hacks came out of the way. That isn't what they said. Yes, it is. Well, that's not what they meant. Yes, it is. Well, you misinterpreted. <laughs> no, I, I didn't. No, I didn't. Um, here it is, right here. And um, but this thing was engineered. This was set loose on us, yes. But whatever it was mm-hmm. didn't take hold. So, mm-hmm. and then not enough people get the flu vaccine anymore for it to make a difference. A lot of people have learned you want to stay away from that mess because you don't know what's in there. But anyway, Tanya, you've got Emily on, you have Melissa on, and you have Stephen on in everybody's lives. So take it away, Chuck. I am so thrilled about that. And, and, and so, so for any of our new listeners, welcome to... The media that most media doesn't want you to know. Welcome to Behind the Scenes. And I also want to encourage you, my friends, to listen in to the eagle, the eagle. And I was just looking for the call numbers on that because my dear friend, Daniel 68, I'm on this show sometimes on Wednesdays and sometimes on Friday. It is an Internet is world. It's it's around the world. It's a phenomenal show. But he does talk about justice reform. I'll be on this Wednesday. I'll be posting that on my various pages. Injustice in Oklahoma exposed. Ah, that was hacked by the one and only. Well, I'm thinking because I was exposing him at the time. Um, I, I won't say that. I, I won't say this. Um, it was hacked a couple of years ago. Rebuilding that back up. Um, but I'll I'll be posting uh, that show um, as as well as on journeys to Ju- journeys to justice, uh, my nonprofit, uh, and as well as my fairly new page, <laughs> oh, views, news, and interviews. So I want to make sure that you guys catch up with the people that you start listening to alternative media along with what you're normally listening to, just so that you are able to use your own mind. You'll hear things that you don't normally hear, and we're not quacks. We're not conspiracy theorists. Um, There are usually facts to back it up, um, and because there is so much information that is suppressed, you get to hear it and see it from us. So once again, thank you for listening. I'm going to ask Melissa to come on with me, Melissa Hurry, because she is co-hosting with me again tonight, um, and uh, and we've an awful lot to talk about, and uh, and we will also then bring on Emily Barnes, then we will bring on Angie Dent. Is Angie on with us right now? Marty? No, no. Okay. Uh, hopefully she'll call in. If not. Uh, we'll definitely have her back on, uh, but uh, we're going to speak with Stephen a little bit, uh, and we'll have our own little conversation with him about Dr. Fauci and Bill Gates, um, and uh, and 
thank God we have people like Melissa, who is an ethics expert, who's working in the legislation in another state, who works across the country in many states advocating for others. Uh, she's got some specifics that we're going to talk about as well. So first, hi, Melissa. Thank you so much. I'm glad we had a chance to talk before the show tonight. Hi, Tanya. Me too. I'm glad we always have to catch up before these shows. So there's always a lot to talk about. There's always a lot to talk about. And wow, that was a long intro, but um, <laughs> but there's information inside it. And hopefully we have captured people's interests, um, our regulars, and our new listeners as well. Um, let's talk a little bit now between you and me and, and, and our, our listeners um, on some of the subjects that we're going to talk about, and then we will continue them after as well, after we uh, speak with our other guests. And I want you to interject and be a part of all of these conversa- conversations. So um, let's first talk about Julius Jones in Oklahoma. Uh, if, uh-huh. if you don't mind, where he is at and um, what the expectations are. Okay. Well, he's waiting for a stage two commutation hearing. He did make it through stage one. So we're waiting for stage two to be scheduled. Um, I I know you know, but I don't know if everybody knows that um, DA Prater had objected to you know, he did a 15-page letter to the Board of Pardon and Parole objecting to them passing Julius even through the first stage. And so once they passed him through the first stage, he then filed a lawsuit against um, the governor's office and the Board of Pardon and Parole claiming that um, they're not following the proper procedure as far as notifying prosecutors. And then he also claimed in the suit that there are um, conflicts existing with board members Adam Luck and Kelly Doyle. So I don't want to go too far <laughs> into the lawsuit, but that's what that's what the claims were. And that's where we are right now. We're waiting for uh, stage two to be scheduled to Julia. So let's let our listeners know who exactly David Prater is, and as well as Kelly Doyle, Adam Luck, and, um, and the other fairly new um, gentleman that has been appointed by Governor Stitt. Good job, Governor, oh, yeah. by the way. Because um, I haven't yeah, always yeah. had the best things to say about him, but <laughs> I think this is a good job. Well, David Prater is a district attorney, and Adam Luck and Kelly Doyle sit on the Board of Pardon and Parole. And there was a new member that was just appointed by Governor Stitt and into the vacancy, which who is Scott Williams. So that's what's going on with them right now. So I don't know... Um, where the actual suit stands that Prater filed. I haven't heard anything about it, but um, that is and the what status do you think right the purpose, now. The true purpose behind that suit is? Well, I don't like to try to guess, but you could say that the suit was filed just a couple of days after um, Julius was passed through stage one, much to Prater's objection in his 15-page letter. But he is he is claiming that they didn't follow proper, not in just in Julius's cases, but they're not following proper procedure in their notification to prosecutors when a case is being considered for commutation. And, and so, I mean, does he even? I mean, where is his interest? Even though he was the prosecutor, I understand. So, if all transparency is involved, then where where is his interest in the suit? 
stuff that you know that qualifies him to file a suit. I'm just looking for your thoughts. It's kind of it's it's, it's kind of um, not funny but ironic that he is accusing the board of not following proper procedure. Um, <laughs> because I don't know that he follows proper procedure. And if he did, we wouldn't need proposed legislation that would force him to follow proper procedure. And, I, and, and it, that's not even proper procedure. That's the law. He, he is not supposed to withhold exculpatory information. He claims he doesn't. But yet he won't turn over files to Richard Glossop nor Julius Jones. So there is pending legislation that was proposed that would, and, and, you know, it's just it's proposed in death penalty cases. But these, not to say anybody else's case is not important, but somebody's life is on the line in a death penalty case, obviously. Right. These cases that are of the utmost importance. So, you know, they have pending legislation. There's um, three bills that are actually pending that have to do with these cases. So if if he was following the, the letter of the law and proper procedure, I don't, know that there would be a need to make him do so in this proposed legislation. So what mm-hmm. he is saying and what actually has occurred. And, you, and you know, he's, try, he's trying to, to make it sound as if, you know, justice has been served. Julius is guilty. Well, we have a history of cases in Oklahoma where people have been wrongfully convicted. They and happen. that certainly includes the notorious knowledge by people mm-hmm. like you and me right? Justice mm-hmm. reform, yes. advocates, justice um, uh, upholding advocates. Uh, and that includes many cases that he has been um, involved in. And it, I mean, we were talking a little bit earlier. I feel like um, if we do not get this in control and take matters in our own hands legally, of course, that he's going to become another evil legend um, once he dies, it comes out when there are no other repercussions for him other than his legend. You know, just like uh, Joyce Gilchrist, Gilchrist mm. uh, and um, Bob Macy. Legendary. Bob Macy. His predecessor. Um, and there are people yes, that are sitting predecessor. on I'm sure death row. they set him in place, <laughs> prayed her in place, I would imagine, if I was a betting person, so well, that uh, other old cases that macy involved was involved in wouldn't be reopened okay well 54 cases 54 death sentences half of them overturned and 18 of them because of misconduct but we could you know we could say everybody gets their fair day in court a lot of people have not gotten their fair day in court you can't deny statistics you can't deny facts and i don't and and that's all i want people to see i want people to see that these kind of cases have happened before. They've happened with informants, they've happened with misconduct, and they certainly happened with Bob Macy, and they continue now. And to deny how that many, is... Melissa, let's get yes. to the bottom line of this. How many were executed as a result? There's no way to know that. We don't know that. And you but, can't tell well, me that it hasn't know, happened. But you know, because these were reopened, right? And we, mm-hmm. how many do we know that were actually that were innocent and some made it to death, to not only death row, but to death. Well, this is, this is what's hard because the only thing that we know are people who have been exonerated. We don't know people who are still wrongfully convicted who haven't been exonerated, and we don't know people who was never able to prove their innocence. 
because it's not an easy thing to do. We know that. Okay. So Here's, okay, I thought that it was a discussion that you and I had, but I did not see the information. I'm not sure so full disclosure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the uh, the cases, but um, where there was actually malfeasance, uh, therefore. And their defense, the exculpatory evidence, by the way, for those that do not know, that is information that is withheld by the prosecution that would work in support of the defense for the the named defendant for their, uh, on their behalf, okay, on their behalf, because oftentimes, they wind up using circumstantial, circumstantial evidence when actually there's DNA and there's witnesses, okay, which is far superior to circumstantial evidence. There's a place for circumstantial evidence. Don't get me wrong. But if you've got DNA and if you have, wit- if you have witness statements from credible people, okay, then – it's just that trumps circumstantial. The, am, am, I, am I right? The cases, were you referring to the cases that we spoke about before of uh, Yancey Douglas and Paris Powell who were both exonerated from death row? Are those the cases that well, you were talking I mean, about maybe? Sure, of course, but I'm referring to okay. any time that exculpatory <laughs> evidence is withhold, withheld, okay, uh, mm-hmm. that usually it's in circumstantial, but quite often the uh, prosecution relies on circumstantial evidence because in these wrongful yeah. conviction cases anyways, yeah. because they have withheld exculpatory evidence. Exculpatory evidence, evidence that would have and could have made yes. a difference had, it, had the defense known yes. it. That's a violation, a Brady violation, Brady versus Maryland. Yeah, cor- so. Correct. And that's why I bring up that case of, of Yancey Douglas and Paris Powell because the, the assistant DA who handled that case was found to have withheld exculpatory information, and they were both exonerated mm-hmm. from death row. And this attorney actually was um, – he there was a, um, a grievance filed against him by the Oklahoma Bar Association, and he skated out of it with 180-day suspension, which wasn't even what uh-huh. they recommended. In what the, did they recommend? One of, the, one of the judges stepped in, and I, I think they, the Bar Association, I believe, <laughs> actually recommended a, a complete suspension. And I, I think other dissenting judges wanted at least a year's suspension, but there, there was one other judge who, who um, stepped in. He only ended up receiving a 180-day suspension, and okay. he had to pay some, some have, fees. Yet we have everyday people that are in prison, okay, living next to or in the same cell as, you know, of someone who is convicted of heinous crimes, you know, murder and, you know, um, where there's no question about it, you know, Mm -hmm. or pedophilia or whatnot. Okay, so, okay, so let, all right, but you've got, Somebody who's got a stuffed bogey, let's say, that was caught in traffic. All right, got pulled over. He's got a he's got a big bogey. Okay, and Oklahoma has sentenced this person to 20 years. Okay, 
I mean, where is the fair and balanced justice? Okay, and then you got this guy that has sentenced two people. Two people. I, I, I believe they did maybe 12, yeah. 12 years in prison. But, you know, okay. Okay. I mean, there, there was a justice. I could tell you what he said, and it, it just it, – there was no accountability. I mean, 180 days. It, they, there were two dissenting justices who recommended disbarment. One of the, the justices, Stephen Taylor, um, and this is a quote from him, that Miller's actions take us into the dark, unseen, ugly, shocking, nightmare vision of a prosecutor who loves victory more than he loves justice. And that's a trend in Oklahoma. That is a trend in Oklahoma. And, you know, what's such a um, – what's the word that I'm looking for? Um, it, 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 because I, as well as others, have seen opinions on our cases come down – from the Supreme Court justices that um, where they have absolutely put a blindfold on when it comes to exhibits and and and, um, and and the truth, and they will make up their own narrative, which is clearly the opposite of what a suit is about and, 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 you know, they'll make up their own narratives, make it sound as though it's reasonable why they are denying you an appeal. All right. You know, I was, I mean, for the record, I wasn't convicted of anything. I was fighting for something. Um, but you know, we all have our reasons. We all have our stories for being in here. Okay. And, um, and, you know, and mine was sort of lower court, nothing to do with, uh, me being, you know, convicted of of anything really, but, um, you know, fighting for my own security and where it didn't even belong in, in, in Oklahoma. Uh, but there are many, many others who, you know, have been treated the same way by the Bar Association, by the Judicial Committee, because lower courts have been corrupted in Tulsa, Oklahoma, where Milton is from, who is a nominee for the Supreme Court justice position. Um, where it is believed that that is the starboard of the corruption um, in, in that state. And <laughs> I believe it with everything that I know, seen with all the evidence, not circumstantial, that I have before me, that those very same Supreme Court justices will side with a lower court judge. And then in their opinion, they will cite things that aren't true. <laughs> That weren't even in the lower in the lower courts records. So so this is and this is what I mean about okay. You want to fight for our constitution to be upheld, right? You want to fight for our constitution to be upheld, but stop the buddy system. People actually, I mean, for me, what my family went through compared to what others, and still we are devastated. Our lives changed. But what happens when somebody is actually, I refer to it as a murder, when somebody is put to death and it's a wrongful conviction and there's no accident? Don't you? 
I Absolutely. I, I mean, I don't know. Like I said, we have no way of knowing how many innocent people have been put to death, but the way the errors that are made in the system, you, you can't think that innocent people have not been put to death. You know, I mean, there are some statistics that for every nine people who have been executed, one is innocent. So there's that statistic. Um, that might be a conservative statistic. I don't know. But we, we don't have any, any way of knowing. But we know that it happens. And if we could see that people have been wrongfully convicted in Oklahoma, and, you know, this is from the National Registry of Exonerations. They keep a data set, a thorough data set. I've used it for analysis of everybody who has been exonerated from 1989. There have been 38 <laughs> exonerations from Oklahoma. And, again, I stress that those are, the only, those are only the people who have been able to prove their innocence. There's, there's, They've been given you, the window of opportunity to have an, to have another shot at it, right? Because they'll yeah. say no. If they want oh, to yeah. say no, they will say no. We know how hard it is. Look to, at the whole squad. Well, we do know Daniel how hard Holtz it is. Daniel Holtz for those that, that don't know, is a police officer in Oklahoma City that was set up. That was set up. Um, we had a biologist come to uh, the rally at um, in Oklahoma City a couple of years ago now. You know, we had, we had um, hostages. Vince spoke. They both won their cases after the rally. Daniel and his, fam- his family was there. A police officer who did not believe a word he said even mocked Michelle Malkin for her series, Daniel in the Den, for standing up for him when she actually went to Oklahoma to report for he as, oh, it's another bad cop, right? What time? And did a total one. And then, you know, a, a former Oklahoma several lifetime sentences in an unknown or undisclosed location in California for doing things that he did not do at the tail end, at the tail end of a, um, of a nationwide upset uh, given a really uh, bad it, it, there was a black person that was murdered, and it was really bad. It was just terrible because it was wrongful. It was by a police officer. And across the country, riots were going on across the country. So they set up Daniel Holt's Claw when somebody else did something. They're protecting somebody else. There's all kinds of evidence, including DNA evidence, to have that man freed. And Oklahoma will do nothing they will say no. They continue saying no to a new trial, to new DNA evidence. Um, so, you know, something we need, we need to blow the door open in a nice legal way, of course, but a persistent, consistent, constitutional manner that forces the hands of justice into freeing these people that are being put to death and death by incarceration. So let's talk about, okay, in Oklahoma City, the jail. 
Okay, they've had probably 12 deaths in the last year. Emily Barnes, you're about ready to come on, so hang in there. Probably about 12 deaths in the last year, okay? For the most part, they have not, they still remain unclear as to why. We know there was a beating with a a, a guard. Uh, No, no, no. There was another inmate that beat another inmate to death. That we know. However, we also know it was about an hour prior to the death that Corrections was aware of this, and nobody did anything to stop it. We are aware that not only in Oklahoma jail, but in other uh, that in other states this happens as well, but in other prisons in Oklahoma, that there's all kinds of non-responsive quote findings of inmate deaths, of inmate deaths. Okay, we know that Oklahoma is back to having the number one incarceration rate per square. Um, uh, incarceration rate in the world, in the world, people, in the world, that means we're talking about Turkey, okay? We are talking about everywhere. It's not because Oklahomans are bad people. It's because Oklahoma is riddled with deep state corruption deep state corruption. <sighs> Most people that know me and my uh, preferences when it comes to the leader of the free world, they say, Tanya, what are you doing? I don't care what I'm doing because the only thing I really care about is, is the truth, is justice, and, is our, and are the constitutional rights of you, me, and everybody and anybody else who is being suffocated from sharing the truth and have suffered. And anybody that sees freedom and gets justice, okay, they will still never be whole again because they have already gone through what they've gone through. But hopefully they're not underground and they can still enjoy some of their lives. So in Oklahoma County Jail, there's all of these unaccounted for deaths that continue to go on. There's abuse of all kinds. You know, it's been in national news not that long ago. You know, they had a couple of guys that were, you know, ch- chained up by the arms and their legs in a separate holding center being beat with Baby Shark, the Baby Shark video on. You know something? Because they got caught or, or, or these corrections officers are being used as a scapegoat. So now in the news, there was a hostage that was taken, and that hostage was a corrections officer. There is video uh, being circulated on the Internet. While this was taking place, I share that with you, Melissa, I'm sure you saw it, and there's a, one, of the, uh, one of them that are being held in that jail is saying, we need food, we need showers. We need, you know, so, yes, they do need food. Yes, they do need showers. Agreed. Um, you know, we have exposed much abuse, terrible beatings, rapes, maggots in the food, mold. I mean, just so many things. And we've had whistleblowers on that are ex-CEOs. Um, uh, we know this is happening. But by God, you do not try to right a wrong 
by taking a man or a woman hostage, it defeats the purpose of all we are working for on the outside, okay? For whatever reason, I've also heard that it's not because of that, that this inmate, you know, who has not been on trial as far as I know, okay, so they're pending, most people that are in Oklahoma County Jail are there because they're pending a trial, okay? They're pending a trial. So I've seen all kinds of posts about their inmates. They don't have rights. Well, yes, they do. Okay, yes, they do. But they don't have the freaking rights. They could be they have constitutional rights that are uh, for them, okay? Not the same rights as you and me, all right? But they do have rights. That's agreed. They do have rights not to be beaten, all right? I've had conversations with head DOC people. I've had conversations with, and it's recorded, with um, attorney general's office, grand jury investigator. Oh, we all know this goes on, but it's a whole other world, okay, of all these abuses going on. I disagree, I disagree. Things to be used in the future. We know that all that is no good, but you do not take hostage a corrections officer to try to make What's wrong? Right. And uh, Angie Dental, I'm not sure if she's going to show up uh, tonight or not, but she had shared with me recently a documentary in Ohio where a corrections officer was taken hostage. As a matter of fact, eight of them were. The state didn't take them seriously uh, in regard to meeting the demands that were made. Sadly, a corrections officer, corrupt or not, okay, corrupt or not, was murdered. Suddenly, the state took them seriously and started meeting the demands. It still cannot be at the life of somebody, all right? This has got to be done right. So I was thinking when I saw this today, what happened in Oklahoma City, I'm thinking, are they trying to accomplish what Ohio, Southern Ohio accomplished? where demands started being met. We do not need this trend. What we need is transparency. What we need is justice reform now. Emily Barnes. Yes, ma'am. Are you with us? Yeah, how you doing? (laughs) I'm good. I'm good. I've missed you, and I hope all is well with you. I know you're busy. I know you're putting on another rally. Continue having rallies. Um, I wish that I had met you at the rally that Tina and I put on a couple of years ago, um, but I'm just grateful that uh, we know each other now. You're also a board member. So uh, Tina Barnes uh, has Ignite Justice, a group out of Oklahoma as well. She is a board member of, go ahead. Oklahoma Collision Against People Abuse. Thank you. What's going on? Well, um, we've been out there for the last three months. Um, every last Saturday of the month from 1 to 3, you will find us out in front of the Oklahoma County Detention Center. Rallying. Where this happened, where, just where this happened, correct? Yes, we were actually, yes, we were actually out there in less than an hour before that started yesterday. And I didn't share. Um, the inmate was ultimately shot and killed. And I can't, I, I honestly, I can't say 
good. I can't say bad. I, I'm just, the whole thing is just sickening. It's disgusting. It's just, um, you know, he, they did what they shouldn't have done. Because in my opinion, Emily, they have more support, more advocacy, and more actions taking place now than ever before. And still, and still this happened. Oh, I totally agree. And I guess they didn't have to kill that man. There there was other things they could have tried to do. You know, they didn't have to shoot him. Okay. I strongly believe that. I guess because they had the right to at that point. You know, I mean, they could have done tear gas. Is that what you're saying? Oh, yeah, definitely tear gas. I mean, I don't see how 20-some-plus cops can't jump on one person. And and disarm mm-hmm. him with the weapon, you know. I mean, now what weapon did he have? Was, from my understanding, and it hasn't officially been said, what it's a shank. Because different different things are out there. You know what I mean? It's, it's yeah. In the media. What the heck are we supposed to believe? And I have not heard back from uh, the media line regarding to their statements. So uh, yes, they have, they have not really that information yet. So everything is basically just hearsay right now. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I don't understand what people expect. You have a jail that has 1,675 inmates in it right now that is only built to hold 1,200 inmates. That's 475 mm-hmm. inmates over capacity. And that's typical for Oklahoma even prior to Let's, let's let our listeners understand this. Even prior to the quote-unquote COVID, all right, is that typical? That is typical for them to be in overcapacity. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, they okay. got three or more inmates in the cell that was built to only have two inmates in it. Right. I mean, they're, these men and women in the jail are laying in there with bed bugs crawling over them all night long. There's mold, the water's horrible, the showers are disgusting. I mean, some are being beaten without cause. In other words, the corrections officers have the right to contain by force should there be a threat. So we get that. We all get that, right? Just like uh, a police officer would, right? So we understand that, right? right? But what what about if there's just being beaten because they're just being beaten. I mean, because it, somebody it had happens. a bad day. Because you know they woke up on the wrong side. Their anger is coming out here. We know how horrific the training is for the corrections officers. We've had people on talking about that. You're, the answers are given to you if you fail. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's say until you get it right. They they didn't even get fed today, and I even called the jail myself today. And the lady told me that they'll get fed sometime tonight. So they already are retaliating because of what happened yesterday. Yes, but they call that. What they do is they call that, you know, extra security given the circumstances. So, okay, so stick it through that little thing. You know what I mean? There's always an excuse. It yeah. seems. I don't like to use the word always and never very often. But, I mean, there just seems to be – so, again, I am not defending the man that took the hostage. I'm not going to. I'm not going to. And I'm 
uh, you know, I'm not going to defend that, all right, because we're working from the outside. It's not like he's on death row and he has nothing to lose. I wouldn't defend that anyways, okay? But um, I'm sure this uh, – I, I don't know if this was a joint effort. I don't know why he really did it. But what we do know is because that guy who was on honest. the show – because if honestly, if it wasn't him, it probably would have been somebody else eventually, or all of them. They're tired of living in, and I, I'm sorry, I don't mean they're tired of living in trash. They're treated like trash. They're treated like animals. Oh, being fed green baloney three times a day and one bag of chips. That right there is enough to make anybody snap. Well, yeah. If they didn't walk in with a mental health issue, um, they certainly wind up having one, given the torture and the abuse that that they take. And, I mean, this is not speaking for every jail, okay? We must remember, as we have this show and other shows, that we're not speaking of other jails this way we're not saying general facts across the board okay but there are far there are a lot of other uh detention centers that where this does happen okay but where it doesn't it doesn't and we honor and respect those that hold these positions and uh and stand for justice and you, you know you're innocent until proven guilty and and right. one should not be abused either way okay beyond what because there are the rights of those that are behind bars so constitutional rights once again not the same as you and me okay but there are many that are innocent and then many. here you are in a detention center pending trial and as i said in the promo uh you're being treated as if you are in Guantanamo Bay, and even it's not supposed to happen there. It's not supposed to happen there. Okay, and it doesn't probably. I mean, I think maybe it had at one point, but we are talking about out of control. Those that are psychopaths going in there and abusing people, and these are the very people that are the ones handing over the contraband to the inmates Profiting from it, profiting from it, okay, and they remain innocent? When you have the kinds of security in place that they have, and I discussed this lengthy, I think you heard it, with uh, Michael Carpenter at the Department of Corrections, number number two dog in charge, okay, asking him why on earth. Are you not holding who is accountable for handing over this contraband? All right. Why are the inmates being, why are they being punished? Why is it that those phones that are being sold by the corrections officers, the ones that are doing it, then why is it that they have to go to that extent to have contact with their loved ones on the outside? Because if they write a complaint, They'll be beat up at best. People are trying to save their own lives. 
Why is it that they are being denied the right to a facility where they to, to the library where they can defend themselves? There's crazy stuff that's happening. Crazy stuff. Talk talk to us about uh, your rally that's upcoming. Talk to us about the demands that the coalition have made has made and the date uh, that is on that letter to Oklahoma uh, and uh, what those demands are. Um, we did give a list of demands on February 27th, okay. and we did uh, we. Yes, the coalition actually walked the um, the demands into the jail. We did try to deliver them. They wouldn't let them pass the front door. And they were also given a paper saying that in 90 days we will file a lawsuit if these demands are not met. So how, was it um, was it served upon them at that point? Yes, it was. Okay. Okay, so that's um, Michael Washington, um, mm-hmm. and he is a spokesperson as well, correct? Yes, and um, Oklahoma Collision Against People Abuse is his, is his foundation. He's the founder of that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep, we ha- we've had him on the show. like to have him again. He must be busy today. I didn't, I didn't see where he you yeah. know, saw the message. You know how we could do that? <laughs> He must be busy. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he's working on court cases today, so and he's, and he's a paralegal. Busy. Yes, he is. He's a paralegal. God bless him. And he himself has been in prison and knows firsthand what goes on. Correct. Um, I believe so. Yes. Yeah, and 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 I say that because so he you know he served his time, he, you know, and and here he is. Here he is, you know, putting himself to work, and he's a good guy, um, and he's so passionate, and he gets people like Very you passionate. working with him, and um, mm-hmm. and you know, I mean, I think that for the most part, in this advocacy, you will not find those that have been guilty of a crime. For the most part, you will not find them saying, I'm innocent, okay? Because when they do get their day, if they do, to prove that, then you got nothing to show for it. What a waste, right? So, you know, people make mistakes. They do their time. You know, pray to God somebody's life has not been uh, taken as a result of it. I don't think it was in his case. I don't know his case. I don't need to know his case. But he's out here and he's fighting for the rights that are being stomped on. The rights of those that are being stomped on. Not just reform, but the rights that, that exist right now for them to not be abused. I mean, we've received, you know, so many photographs, so many videos. I've had so many people on this show and heard them cry, mothers hearing them cry, wives hearing them cry. What's going on? What's going on? Evidence. Been promised visits, been promised conferences with the lawmakers. to no avail at this point right now. I, I mean, I've, I've had conferences, certainly, but not in regard to this. 
particular issue with what's going on. So we need to keep this up. And I cannot thank you enough for everything that you're doing. So when is your next rally? Um, Our next one will be next month on the last Saturday of the month. I'm not sure what day it is. But it will be from 1 to 3 in front of the Oklahoma County Detention Center. And, And that is Ignite Justice Rally. That's yours. Um. And the Oklahoma Coalition, we're together. We're working together. Okay. Of course. Absolutely. If we can do that live, I've seen that Facebook isn't doing live anymore, so maybe we need to talk about how we can do this. Uh, keep me posted. Um, tag me. If, yeah, if people would add Oklahoma Coalition Against People Abuse, there is a Facebook page, and we do go live in there at the rallies. Hopefully they're going to continue. I saw that they're not at a certain point. So hopefully they're going to continue. Otherwise, there needs to be another method that takes place. Um, Emily, thank you, as always, for coming on. Uh, Oh, also, there was another matter. I was away. You had shared with me, and I promised you that you could introduce that. It's not just, oh, you can – I want to know what that was about because I wasn't able to hear the details. I which, apologize. I was very busy. Um, but which, what a, just give us a little <laughs> snapshot. There was a, somebody that you said uh, that you said that you really needed to bring to light as soon as possible, and I don't happen to have oh, that in front of me right the, now. The gentleman with his arm. Was it the video with, I sent you? Okay. His arm was messed up. And they were not allowing. Okay, so this is part of the problem within the prison, the medical care, right? Yes. Well, okay, let me give you an update on that. So I spent a whole week and had other people emailing the warden, and he just had surgery on his arm, I think it was two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. So contacting the warden and putting some heat on him, he, he got his arm fixed. And, and where was that? Which facility was that? Emily? Oh God, I forget what. I think he said just. Okay. I'm not. I forget. Yeah, I, honestly, I, I, I forget like what he said. But um, he was. His arm was like that for seven months. He was in Tulsa County. Oh uh, yeah, Tulsa County. Tulsa. Yes, Tulsa and when he switched, when he switched, he was at um. Damn, I think it. I think it's just done. He was there for like a month, and he still was didn't have surgery. They weren't taking him to a doctor or nothing, and his arm was just flopping like a loose noodle for okay, seven yep. months. Yep, I saw yeah, that. So, yep. Yeah, so he just had his surgery. Okay, good. Good. So uh, There you go, Victor. Yeah. <laughs> good for you. Good for you. <laughs> that, that was, I, I appreciate yeah. that. We all appreciate that. Um, stay strong. Keep updating. Make sure you tag me. A post on Dirties to Justice and certainly the other pages. You're a beautiful woman um, and inside and out, beautiful family. Thank you. Involved in great things. Thank you for your passion. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Thank you so much for, for coming on. Appreciate you. Yeah, so, you know, sometimes um, you need to really just kind of like the squeaky wheel gets the grease. 
So I happen to have a contact. I cannot give out the name, uh, a resource. In the Oklahoma Department of Corrections, uh, this person is fairly high up, and um, I have had, I'm so grateful for this woman or man or whatever. I'm not going to give anything away. I'm going to try not to. Um, that has listened and made a difference with uh, certain things more uh, than anybody else that has um, heard and shut the door. And uh, um, she's actually, I'll tell you it's a she, because she's not the only she, okay, in the high up positions. I'll tell you she's a a she because I've given it away already. Um, That Can you hear me? Or did I do something wrong? Hello? Okay. Uh, I hope I did not lose the show. Still there? I can still hear you, Tanya. Oh. Melissa, okay, I'm still good, because I hit something accidentally, Melissa, huh. that I've been able to bring certain things to her attention, and within 24 <laughs> to 48 hours, things have changed. To me, they're nominal things. To the inmates, they're huge. They're huge. I wish it was that easy for certain other things. Okay, so we need capacity to affect change. We need to upgrade that um, before we move on to more on what you and I are going to talk about, Melissa. I would like to ask Stephen Burke to come forward and discuss what we were discussing at the beginning of the show. Are you there, Stephen? So Stephen Burke, um, he he runs the radio station in Oklahoma. It's out of Stewart, Oklahoma, 89.9 KLRB-FM, and it reaches uh, other states. It's got a fairly good um, capacity uh, as far as the listenership goes. But I want the listeners right here to know, number one, that on – Saturdays, Stephen Burke talks about taking it upon himself to talk about constitutionality, um, what's happening in our in our country, and he provides his opinions based on his knowledge. Happen to agree, I think, with 100% of what he brings to the table. Um, I consider Stephen Burke a friend of mine, as James Treat is, um, over there from Calvin, which is Hughes County. Huge advocate, also spoke at uh, the at um, forgive me at the rally a couple of years ago. Things have simmered down, but it doesn't mean that uh, in Calvin, Oklahoma, that everything's perfect. However, the abuses upon James Treat have been halted. It's my understanding, uh, but he still stands for. Um, uh, for bringing down the the deep state within this small little town, and uh, not to mention in our country, Stephen Burke, who happens to be um, a friend with James Treat, uh, who I had the pleasure of meeting as well uh, after we started this um, friendship, uh, and I've been on his show, and he's put, and right now this is live on eighty point nine. 89.9 KLRB FM 
Lighthouse Christian Radio, is a huge defender of our Constitution. Is there anything wrong without anybody? I don't think that there is. I don't think there is. Some things might be up to interpretation. Um, there are two sides to every story, are there? Sometimes there's one, and that's the truth. Sometimes things are not left up to interpretation. Stephen Burke, I think I heard that you are there and engaged. Yeah, I'm here. How you doing? Oh, doing all right, I guess. <laughs> I missed you. Now, right now, I mean, you you just remind me so much of my father, where you know, hard, hard worker, farmer, statesman. Um, you know, entrepreneur, of the, uh, a conservative entrepreneur in the sense of having seven children in the family to support. And um, he, he didn't speak a lot, but when he spoke, people listened. And as well, he was a wise soul in the wisdom of the group that helped shed insight without force. So I want to thank you for your platform. I want to thank you for what you do. And I want to also let our listeners know that don't already know how they can listen to you on Saturdays where they're, where they're in range of listening to your show. I come on about uh, noon, sometimes it's five or six minutes after, depending on what song's playing and what I've got to go and getting everything ready. But I get on and I give all the news that's going on around the world, and especially in the United States. And I might be on there two or three hours. I might be on there six or eight hours. You know, it just depends on what all's. There is the report, and i also been running some videos that I gather during the week or portions of videos that give information from doctors and research centers and various other things, evidence of things going on around the world. I play some of that, too, after I get done going through my main news. So they can find that right here on the same frequency they're tuned into right now. 12 o'clock on Saturdays, if they're interested in that. 89.9 KLRB. Now, uh, not only are you in Oklahoma, your FM station, not only are you in Oklahoma, but you also are able to reach what other areas of the other surrounding states? Typically. It'll reach over into Arkansas, some, some portions of Arkansas, and then sometimes it reaches down into Texas also. Mm-hmm. So let me tell you how I met Stephen Burke. Stephen had called, I believe it was Marty O.B., because somehow he was um, alerted of the show that I have on, on her station. And so uh, as far as, you know, wanting to feel me out and see if this would be a good fit. And uh, so he had air the show. When I called Stephen, I had already been talking to best friend or one of his best friends, James Street, for over a year. Um, 
Because that's about as long as it took for me to understand this complex situation going on over in Kelvin, Oklahoma, um, which, it, 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 honestly, it, it took me some time because I really do my research. And, but this was just so darn complex. But when I called Stephen, apparently James Tree, Awesome man. Um, C-level, uh, retired corporate guy, studied law. Um, he was next to Stephen, and he heard me talking to Stephen, and he interjected, "Wait a minute! I know that boy. <laughs> I know that boy." And and he's like, "Tanya?" He said, "Give me the phone. Is that Tanya?" So it just so happened. James Street was in uh, at the radio station or with uh, Stephen Burke. And, you know, it's a small world in this world. Now, when uh, Stephen and I, Stephen started airing the shows, um, the church, where he's a nonprofit, okay, and is engaged very much with his show, um, threatened to stop their support. They didn't like the fact that we were exposing Oklahoma and certainly local corruption. Stephen stood true, was not backed down, and ultimately uh, he did not lose that support. Uh, a lot of people said would think, great, he did the right thing, right? How many people always do the right thing when it involves the sponsorship and whatnot? And that's why you haven't so far heard, you know, uh, uh, commercials. Sure, I'm certainly looking for uh, people to help sponsor the show and whatnot, but nobody's going to tell me or Marty Oakley what we can and cannot cannot talk about. So, Stephen, that was quite an undertaking, quite quite a victory, um, and I'm sure that you would have continued your advocacy regardless of the decision of the church, but I know there was prayer, and I know that that church, thank you, still supports you and the show. Um, please keep 89, 89.9 KLRB FM in your thoughts when it comes to contributions, 89.9 KLRB. Before we talk about our, our subject that we are going to, can you please share with the listeners how they can contribute if they would like to? Okay, our uh, mailing address is P.O. Box 145, Stewart, Oklahoma, zip code 74570. They can just make a check out to KLRB or they can make it out to Lighthouse Radio, either one. And again, that was P.O. Box 145, Stewart, Oklahoma, 74570. Thank you very much. If you didn't get it down the first or second time, what you're listening to through the live stream, if you are, um, is an archive. That very same link is an archive. So you can listen to that. I would also like to share 
that Marty Oakley does not make a living off of either. Donations can be accepted through TS for Marty Oakley and TS Radio Network at PPJ PPJG.me. PPJG.me. I'm also a nonprofit, but I'll worry about that later. Okay? So please think about all the good that is being done right now. All of the good. Um, why you keep tuning in. All right? Um, many are because you've been victims of the system or love somebody or victims of the system. We're all here for a reason. Stephen, let's talk about some of the things that you do talk about on your show. I think we've touched on it a bit tonight, you know, as far as Saturdays go. Fauci and Bill Gates. Now, that link that you had shared with me, that documentary, I went to pull it up to refresh myself. I think it was captioned like I think it was captioned um, uh, what they don't want you to know is being resurfaced or something like that. Guess what? When I went to pull it up tonight for the show, it's no longer available. Can you imagine that? <coughs> oh, they kill they kill the links. If you mention vaccine or various other keywords, uh, you're uh, your show, your video is going to get pulled right away. That's just the way they operate. I mean, almost always it happens every once in a while. Lately, they've left something up, but you can't count on it. And YouTube is I've worse seen that than Facebook not about harsh pulling it. Because of the scrutiny. Go ahead. And what was that? I've I, I, I noticed that, too. Lately, it's not quite as bad. Um, and I think that's because of what's going on with these lawsuits with, with Facebook. And, you know, it's kind of strange is that, you know, how Fox actually started um, suppressing and not reporting what our president at the time was saying, Donald Trump, as soon as he announces <laughs> that he's going to have his own platform, suddenly Fox was on more anger through, the, through you know, the phone. Now, I'm not blaming Laura, Laura for uh, suppressing him. Neither would I Tucker Carlson. But it's kind of funny how as soon as they realize, you know, that some attention is being uh, paid to this and, um, and that there's going to be listeners that move over to whatever that platform is, suddenly they will let him on. Okay, so about the mass, about Fauci, about Gates things that you don't want us to know, and what that documentary entailed, and anything else you want to share. Let's go. Okay. I'm having trouble hearing you now. I was was hearing you okay, but for some reason you're getting weak on the Funny volume. I'm having trouble. Yeah. All right. So what are your feelings about the COVID vaccine, about the legitimacy of it, about the legitimacy of COVID-19, um, about the uh, salute to those in power, and the, the compliance of it um, al- along the way. What's happening? I feel as though we are beyond getting our feet wet um, in what's supposed to be a free world into socialism. What do you think? 
Yeah, we're definitely heading into not just socialism. We're going into full-blown communism, if you've ever read the Communist Manifesto. And what it says to do, you know that, but anyway. And uh, I guess I should go down through some major major points, some of the main things that need to be said about the virus, and there's a bunch more stuff that could be said. And uh, starters, Bill Gates admits to creating the virus. I have him on video saying that, and he also says that it didn't work very good. It didn't do what we wanted it to do. Okay? <laughs> now, virus life, according to the research centers, is between six and nine months, and it's dead. It's gone. It's phased its own self out. So whatever they created and turned loose last year is gone. Whatever you're hearing now is a bunch of hokey pokey. Okay, just plain and simple. Let's get that fact out for right first thing right off. Okay, next thing right off, another interesting fact. Dr. Fauci is said to be taking 9,000 IU of vitamin D a day. And there's a reason for that. Any researcher in the viruses knows that if you have sufficient levels of vitamin D in your body, it's virtually impossible that you're going to die from any virus, whether it's this coronavirus or a flu virus or a, or a dengue virus or any other virus. It just ain't going to happen. Okay. So that's a couple of facts right off the bat. Next now, what thing is PCR test. Okay, go ahead. I, I'm having trouble hearing you. No, go, you, go, you keep going. Okay, PCR test. The man that, was, that invented the test warned them not to use it because it can be falsely calibrated. For that little uh, tidbit of information, his life was rather short. But anyway, they started out. The PCR test is supposed to be calibrated at 17. They started out with it calibrated at 40, so it would check just about everybody positive. Now it's been recalibrated to 25, which is still way too high, given way too many positive numbers when there's, they're not positive. It should be at 17, according to the guy that invented it. But not only that. The PCR test is sterilized with a type of chemical that is one of the most deadly chemicals for producing cancer. And they're shoving that, up, shoving that up your nose next to your brain, and a lot of people's dying from cancer and such things up in their head. Wait, now. wait, wait. The PCR test. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Okay. And forgive me. Okay. All right. I mean, I, I, I wasn't aware of that with the PCR test. So uh, obviously, you're, uh, you've been doing much more research on this than me. Yeah, and I might because... add that all, all this stuff I'm saying has either came from the World Health Organization or the CDC or the National Institute of Health or some research organization or some doctor. It's not just stuff that I've made up out of thin air or some conspiracy theory. Are you trusting the CDC? Because I don't. Centers for Disease Control. Yeah, there's a lot of interesting stuff on their website. And you might also go on there and type in the words zombie apocalypse and tell you, and kind of read that article, what they're going to tell you about uh, the coming zombie apocalypse, because they know what they're going to do with this so-called okay. vaccine. 
Okay, because it's interesting because there are things that I know that people dug into in the um, regarding the CDC as a website that I, I and we've talked about this or shared with each other, you know, behind the scenes uh, that they didn't expect certain pe- people to research and bring to light, right? Such as you know the actual death uh, rate um, in in the country in, in our country and others where you know like. Pneumonia, all of a sudden, you know, that's not accounted for in their numbers, but everything seems seems to be um, COVID related. But yeah, they want everything blamed on COVID. That and but so, do you find the CDC is a source um, at this point? Uh, you're cutting out bad enough. I couldn't understand that. Do you find that the CDC is a reliable source at this point? No, I do not. You don't? Okay. Good. Neither, neither do I. Um, all right. Okay. Nor so do I find the World, World Health Organization or the National Institute of Health or the American Medical Association reliable either. They're all of them telling lies. Money. Thank you, Steve. It's about money. <laughs> every um, every okay, last one of them is as crooked as a three dollar bill. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, and the CDC is a vaccine company. People think it exactly. is a, a a federal agency looking out for our health. It is not. It owns sixty four patents on vaccines. Oh, and right. Yes. Let's and it's, remember. it's part of the United Nations, and it's funded by Bill Gates. He's bought it out, lock, stock, and barrel. And he knows nothing about science other than the agenda that he wants to push. Now, it was in the Pushing 1980s that, that it passed, that, actual, uh, that, that um, there were patents for vaccinations. So what does that mean to you and me? Let's talk about that. Because I know yeah, I Bill Gates. Was a warrior. Didn't catch all of, all of what you said, but Bill Gates owns the patent on the coronavirus that was turned loose last year. He owns the patent yes. on two more coronaviruses. He owns the patent on the vaccines. Yes. Okay, Thank I've got you, the, Stephen. I've got the patents, uh, 81 pages of it from the U.S. Patent Office. And it's rather interesting and what, what is it's it patented that, that, to do. That burped it? I mean, Stephen, what is it that Gates did that was on the documentary that, again, keeps being deleted, okay? Who was he using as the guinea pigs? African-American, African, people in African, children that are maimed, children that died as a result of that. He actually comes out and says he became wealthy as a patent owner, didn't he? Well, he... he he said that he can make ten times as much money off of vaccines as any other thing on the face of the planet. Mm-hmm. Well, over in so India, he's being about. sued for forty-two million or billion. I take it back. They went over there with his vaccine for polio, which of course causes polio, vaccine-induced polio, exactly. and they call it they call it uh, acute flaccid myelitis. That's polio. But this is the va- the vaccine version, which is mutated and far more virulent. He 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 crippled or killed over five hundred thousand children, and the only way they stopped using it is when these little vans would come around with the free vaccines, 
people started killing them. And they finally stepped back, and here were all these kids dead or injured, permanently crippled from this vaccine, and they finally stopped it. He is, yeah. They were and, nothing but guinea pigs. But half a million. And then he was behind last year in Kenya where they sterilized over half a million Kenyan teenagers, mostly girls, with a HPV. useless uh, tetanus shot that they didn't need but was laced with a hormone that uh, prevented conception. And then they went further, and it caused sterility. And this and is the first time. And he's all about the world population being limited, correct? Yep. He yep. wants to control who... Well, the man is, yeah, a, is a, a, a genocidal maniac. He and he, and, and this, he does uh, not come from a middle-class family by any means. So he, he started his business in this garage. Oh, Jesus. So I, I kind of tend to think his garage must have been a, a palace based on what we well, understand and know about him if you've been privileged enough to see what's behind the scenes. Well, excuse me, if the man couldn't keep a virus out of a Windows operating system, what makes he think you think he can do anything for you? <laughs> kind of funny there, yeah. So good, Marty. I love you. <laughs> well, this, this vaccine is... This vaccine is... Stay here. This vaccine is said to cause 97% sterility in women that are taking it. So people yes. might ought to be investigating that. Yes. You know, it's, and also it's also a permanent counting. modification to your DNA, and it's passed on to your children. Yes, thank you. This is, and who was it, Moderna, who admitted, or it was them or AstraZeneca admitted that they're actually injecting an operating system into you. Well, and it's actually uh, patented this is, by that. And it's listed on the, on the Rockefeller website as doing that also, or it was. It's what, what I've been oh told. Oh, my God. These people are monsters. Injectable just monsters. operating system. And it yep. has luciferase in it, which causes your body to glow under a certain type of light, or they can tell if you've been vaccinated. They're not telling you that, but that's what the doctors are saying. Got luciferase Do you think that he's actually vaccinated himself? No. His, he's admitted his own children are not vaccinated. He isn't va- that's like that Senator Pan out there in California. That screaming and forced mm-hmm. mandatory vaccination, but his own kids aren't vaccinated. Go figure that one out. Mm-hmm. This stuff has I nanoparticles sh- in it, which are designed to collect in your brain and make a an art an interface to artificial intelligence, which would be your cell yes. phone or any five everybody else's cell phone or five G signal or. A bunch of other equipment, yep. and that'll have all your banking information, your vaccine information, your medical history, and everything else in it before they're done with it. That's in the vaccine. It modifies well, your, no- your cells of your body yes. at a cellular level, puts a spike protein on them, which causes your body's immune system to recognize its own cells as coronavirus. When, you, when your body uh-huh. starts replacing cells that's dying off, they're going to have a spike on them from this vaccine and your body's going to recognize them as coronavirus and try to kill the new cells off. And now you've got autoimmune disease worse than AIDS. So I have seen a video, a couple of videos actually, um, that seem to come from credible places where, uh, regarding that stuff that goes up your nose, okay, that there are live... 
I don't know what to call them, but they look like little worms, on that little testing Q-tip that go up your nose. Yeah, I've heard something about that. I haven't seen it. magnification of that. So is that us seeing that in action? Because this video, this uh, little mini documentary, was saying the exact same things that you guys are saying here. How it interrupts the system. How it causes problems. Well, they think that that with um, that thing they're using, they tried twice to give me that COVID test. I, I respectfully declined. I was at urgent care here a while back because I had bronchitis. And the nurse came in and she said, Hon, we going to give you your COVID test now? And I said, no, hon, we're not. And she said, you have to. And I said, no, actually, I don't. She said, well, it's our policy. And I said, well, I'm not concerned with your policy. I'm only concerned with my own. And I don't let people run things that look like a miniature weapon clear up to the top of my sinuses to that little membrane between the sinus and the brain. What actually is it you're intending to do? And there has been a suggestion that this, these nanoparticles that you're talking about, Stephen, are actually on the end of those swabs. And yeah. I've been, because of my allergies and bronchitis. Yeah. yeah. According to several doctors I've heard, they are. Yep, go ahead. Yeah, several doctors has confirmed what you're saying that I've watched. And some have been killed. Yep. Yep. And then isn't it amazing so, that anybody that breaks ranks and comes out against what they're telling you like that, um, Dr. Thompson from the CDC, I think he was with, for years headed up the CDC, broke loose from them, came out and said they're hiding all this information on autism and vaccines, and all of a sudden he was a quack. Why well, he was a quack. All had people all over, mm-hmm. trolls all over the net. He was a quack. Dr. McCullough. So I'm about ready to bring um, Melissa back on so we can spend at least the last 15 minutes um, with her. Uh, but I, my uh, request is that on our Tuesday, we spend an hour discussing this, the three of us. Is that okay with you? I push on the spot because we've got a show on, on uh, Tuesday. Can we continue the conversation um, for for an hour? I don't see why not. That's a, that's up to you. I mean, it's your show. We'll we'll talk about what yes, you want to talk about. Yes, please, Marty. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Thank you, darling. <laughs> okay, <laughs> we will dis- be discussing this this coming Tuesday, along with. Uh, um, along with uh, another subject that I will continue to, you know, but this is very important too. This is all the things that you need to need and uh, that you need to know and understand what is happening in our world today in the compliance where you can form your own opinion from this information, but the compliance that uh, is being instilled upon us. Oh, okay. So these little small businesses, they can't make a living anymore, but suddenly, they become grateful, even though deep down inside they know better. They become grateful for a stimulus check, where 1.9 million percent—well, how much percentage of it? Nine percent. Forgive me. Is going actually towards the COVID, and the rest of the money is elsewhere, and much of that is uh, is going to uh, others that are 
not allies of ours, to make deals with those that are allies of ours. More on that later. More on that later. But we will, as well, Tuesday, discuss um, this issue um, and continue to making wrong things right in the justice reform system. To me, this is a big part of it. This is a huge part of it. Stephen, I want to thank you. I know it'll be on your show on Tuesday as well, 89.9 KLRB FM, Marty Oakley's TS Radio Network. Please, again, because I won't include this in the ending because I know we're running a short time tonight, but, but uh, Marty Oakley's PPJG.me and TS Radio Network. Melissa, are you back on with us? Because uh, I'm sorry, Stephen? So I might throw in something that just came over the news here a few minutes ago. Biden has uh, stated now that he is going to make a vaccine passport for all the Americans to prove if they've been vaccinated or not. He can go to hell. Talking points. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of what I feel myself. Yeah. Yep. Again, control. Duck control. Compliance. Gain control of us, put us in these positions where we're supposed to be grateful for stimulus money, where people that are actually making more money than they were before as a result of the stimulus money, okay? People need support from our country. People need that support, no doubt, no doubt. But this, for most, is extortion. Melissa, let's have our talking points. Let's get them loud and clear. Let's talk about the legislation. Um, Were you able to uh, look into that state bill uh, in regarding to justice reform? I think it is uh, Uh, Oklahoma. You there? Yeah. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Thanks okay. for your patience. You know you could have interjected any time. Uh, well, you were <laughs> having a different complex. kind of discussion out of my yeah. um, realm of expertise. So. <laughs> All right. But, gotcha, gotcha. I, I was but thanks for your patience. Fine. No problem. Um, the, the bill that you're speaking of is that um, uh, Senate Bill 334, the one that is uh, an act relating to larceny. Is that the one you're speaking of? I know we spoke about that earlier. Yes. Which is pretty significant because they did have a chance to look at that bill. And what that bill is suggesting is that, now, previously, if you had committed larceny that amounted to $1,000 or more within a 90-day period, it would not be considered a misdemeanor any longer. It would be considered a felony. So Mm -hmm. what they're trying to do with this bill is extend that period to 12 months. So where somebody mm-hmm. committed a thousand dollars, and you know it doesn't have to be one; it could be various. Within a twelve-month period, it would be considered a felony. I don't know if people understand how significant that is, and um, it is significant because a thousand dollars in larcenies is is federal. I mean, you're not you're not stealing Maseratis. You know what I mean? You're, it's a thousand dollars. I mean, that could represent a crime. At $1,000 or more. Well, it becomes a felony in Oklahoma. Okay, yeah. Yeah, and it all, it's my understanding, unless this has changed, $1,000 or more of a financial theft 
becomes a federal matter. Okay. Yeah. Well, I didn't. I. I mean, unless I'm missing something okay. in the legislation, I didn't see where it becomes a federal matter. But what I did see, and I'm not saying it's not there, but I, I didn't see anything about a federal matter. This is on a state level, so they no, are. I'm um, so the. I mean, so if you twelve month period, a thousand dollars in larceny. I mean, who are you singling out here? You're singling out people. I, I don't condone. I don't condone stealing. I. I mean, it's against the law. But you do have people who perhaps may steal to feed their family, or may steal to pay their rent, or may steal to pay their bills. So, I, I mean, I, I haven't extensively reviewed this bill. I just did, when you mentioned it to me today, I did. But this bill is about, I believe, ready for a vote on the Senate floor. So mm-hmm. it's made it that far. It is um, tomorrow. Yeah, and so there's other um, legislation that I feel is essential, especially in Oklahoma, that hasn't made it as far as this bill has. Yeah, um, and they've been set aside, and we've talked about that right on this show. Yeah. Uh, yep. So it's amazing how something can make it to the floor so quickly. Um, you know, where uh, hello, agenda. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, the the other bills that I'm speaking about, they're actually, um, they're all House bills, so they'd be HB. Uh, one is mm-hmm. 1551, we have 2219, and we have 2220. All of these bills are dealing with how death penalty cases are dealt with. And mm-hmm. that is another thing when we were talking earlier about, um, you know, D.A. Prater and A.G. Hunter and their position. Well, we have legislators that I believe disagree with the fact that there are no problems here. So one of the bills is 1551, which proposes a conviction review unit for death penalty cases. Um, The other two bills, uh, 2219, it's an act relating to criminal procedure, and that, that, if that bill were passed, it would allow for the release of evidence to the defense in all death penalty cases, even after the conviction. There's an extensive list in that bill um, of information that would have to be provided and included in that extensive list is full disclosure and transparency of any informant testimony. So that right there is so informant. Are you saying that they're choosing uh, to uh, go forward with this bill First, well, as I mean, opposed the, the, to a life and death bill, and I think they are. This is the, this is a problem. I mean, that's apparent. Bills get pushed through committees at different rates. So, I mean, the, this bill's been pushed through, obviously, and this was a, this was a Senate bill. And um, these other bills are still sitting. Twenty two nineteen and twenty two twenty are still sitting with the um, Judiciary Criminal Committee. Um, Fifteen fifty one has passed through committee but it as far as i know it it hasn't uh no i know it hasn't made it through the house so i don't know that these bills are going to make it through to a vote this session but they're still essential because even i mean i work a lot with the legislature here in in connecticut i see everything that goes on there and um even if sometimes bills are proposed and they don't make it through in one session but if if people show public support for those bills 
and they contact their representatives and their senators or even uh, give public testimony. Everybody's entitled to do that. Um, sometimes bills will be taken up next session. So I want to say that, that if these bills don't make it through to a vote this session, we still shouldn't and can't give up on them because it doesn't mean that they cannot be proposed again. But what, if it does concern me is that they're more willing to, to push a bill through that is going backwards rather than push bills through that include essential reform. Okay, so I'm going to interrupt for a second. The mm -hmm. takeaway from those, the takeaway as I interrupt it for a second, from what you just said, and we've talked about this before, you and I know this, but listeners, please pass this on others that don't already know. This is an archive that will be available tomorrow, this show, if you're listening live stream, okay? Please pass this information on, however, that you are in. You actually are entitled. You're entitled to give public testimony in regards to legislation and proposed bills. When you are concerned about what is happening, or if you are at, actually potentially being uh, distracted by other things in the mainstream media, while this is happening, you need to find out by actually looking on your state website, looking up the pending bills. You have the right to give public testimony that will impact, whether it's heard now, please use that right that you have. Or please, please uh, take action where that right is. Right, Melissa? Absolutely. Um, I give public testimony on bills in Connecticut whenever I can. Um, and it's not because you are who you are either. It's because no, you can. no, I, 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 no, I can't. I, I'm a resident of Connecticut, and I'm, there's legislation that I want to support, and I have the right, regardless of what I do, to speak about that legislation so that and, and I do that and I do it as often that's as right. I can okay that's important yes. for us all to hear know acknowledge and what do you suggest um, when they don't allow it when they don't allow testimony yeah I I, we don't, I don't know. Here, we, every bill has to have public testimony before it passes. No so, matter how many. Yeah, every, any bill is always, it's always transparent to the public. They have a chance to speak on that bill. You know, of, of course, people will speak for it. People will speak against it. People mm -hmm. provide um, oral testimony as well as written testimony. Uh, when we have bills here in Connecticut, when criminal justice, I mean, we have, um, organizations like the ACLU, um, mm -hmm. the, the Innocence Project, you know, if it's wrongful conviction legislation or anything that could affect it, we, you know, there's many organizations that will come and speak on, on those bills because we are one country. Just because I only live in Connecticut doesn't mean I don't feel affected by what goes on in the rest of this country. And this is why and, I gear my... my goal of that probe, just so you know, Melissa, to, you know, accent the point that your voice really does matter and it can, actually can show up. That's my, that's my goal of the probe there. And, you know, for those that aren't aware of 
your right. Yeah, you. Everybody has the right to voice their opinion, and you know, quite honestly, the the way things are right now, it, it's almost like as though it's easier because most of these um, public hearings are conducted on Zoom. So you sign up mm-hmm. to testify, and you can do it from your home because you're on Zoom. That's still the way it is right mm-hmm. now here. So mm-hmm. I've, I've been in front of the legislature, but I've done them from Zoom too because this is how I've been for the past year. So this mm-hmm. whole session has been Zoom meetings. But um, you, you don't have to be from the state to speak on legislation. We have people that speak from all over the country on, on these bills, on these re- criminal justice reform bills. Um, there was the one I sat in on last week, or I'm sorry, a couple of weeks ago, is um, a bill that's basically second look legislation. And if anybody doesn't know what that is, there's some people that are in prison serving really long sentences. So this bill in Connecticut targets specifically um, people who were convicted between the ages of 18 and 24 to very lengthy mm-hmm. sentences, such as life or life without parole. So we have a bill that's pending that would revisit those sentences through the parole process if they were eligible you know, for parole, but obviously their history, while they've been there, what they've done. So instead of just saying, well, no, you're not, you're not eligible for parole, you have life or you have life without, it would make those people eligible, eligible for parole because we know, well, maybe not everybody knows, but there is plenty of research right. that says people who are 18 to 24 years old have a diminished culpability because of their cognitive ability at that age. And so, wait until, if you don't already know about it, this audience hears the story about Keith Brown, who is an incredible advocate who was, uh, who was convicted at a young age. Unbelievable. So he is one that is, uh, along with him, Julius Jones, and there's one other that I look at clear examples of either wrongful convictions or the right to second chances. And regarding to Keith Brown, as a juvenile, there was no murder involved. 20-something years later, 20-something years later, this young man is incredible. Um, We're running out of time, but can you and I count on two Sundays from now where hopefully there's enough time to get Jorge Bravo from the Latin Forum so that we can – have him on as the last of the Bravo for, uh, of the Lawton Four, and we can start correlating uh, um, the same people um, in Comanche County and take this racket down. Is that okay with you? Yes, that's fine with me. I, I will um, hopefully to Jorge with the way things are in the Oklahoma prisons. This, you know, we have to try to coordinate when he'll be able to call, and and I'll try to, you know, given enough time, I'll see if there's a way to coordinate coordinate that with him because I didn't speak too much in, when you know you were speaking about the conditions in the Oklahoma prisons, but it, it's just mind-boggling. They're on lockdown like every other day. I, I mean, oh, yeah. there's an agenda, but I've got to close out. Yeah. I've got to close out. Okay. So let our listeners know what's coming up. Um, gosh, Melissa, thank you. Never enough time. You're a huge, I know. huge part of this um, uh, to put things uh, back where they belong. God bless you. Thank you so much. So, listeners, thank you for tuning in. It was a special show tonight. Uh, two hours, and you know what? We'll fill that two hours every darn time uh, if that's what it takes and more. Please be sure to tune, on, tune in this Tuesday night, 
So again, Marty Oakley's TS Radio Network. Keep an eye on my webpage. I mean, for, uh, forgive me, I have a webpage, but it's not up to date. Just keep checking out Journeys to Justice, as well as Injustice in Oklahoma Exposed, and Views, News, and Interviews. And let's not forget, we are also on 89.9 KLRB FM, Lighthouse Christian Radio. Check out the webpage I'll be on this Wednesday or on my 